Hello, and welcome to In Search of Tracks podcast. We are back. I'm one of your hosts, Pete. I'm the other of your hosts, Bob. <laughs> Hello, Bob. Hello, Pete. How are you, buddy? I'm okay. Um, I got something big coming up this weekend I wanted to share with you. Oh, please. What do you got? I'm going to see King Crimson. Whoa. With the, Zappa, awesome. with the Zappa band opening. Whoa. I don't oh, know what that okay. means. It's not Frank Zappa and it's not Dweezil Zappa, but it's some mm. guys from the band of Zappa. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> okay. but, but here's the clincher. I'm going with my wife. Okay. Okay. She's not a prog head like I am. Oh boy! And uh, last time I saw King Crimson was in New York at the Beacon Theater, and it was probably ninety-eight percent male attendance. Oh, dude, you're, um, you're booking an event right here. This is going to be an incredible experience. Yeah, so I'm very curious how it's uh, how she's going to feel about the whole thing. Um, oh boy, <laughs> I might I might be a single man next week. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. At the very least, what we need is a um, is like a uh, secondhand show review where you get her to give us her honest feelings on the whole experience. Oh, so, that'd be uh, good, actually. I think I think that's a good thing. Um, future Patreon. Future, future Patreon, exactly, as we're getting there. Um, yo, I, I want to pull back the curtain just a little bit here. Sometimes we record one episode uh, at a session. We, we record and, and do one, but sometimes we do two. I don't think we've ever done like three or four. No. No, but that's we, a we, lot of music. Yeah, it is, especially the way we do it. But we will do two. And today we're doing two. I'm not going to spoil it, but usually I am setting up the recording, and I'm like, oh, which which one should we do first? And it's just like, wh- whatever, we'll just do this one first, and I don't give too much thought to it. But today I gave a lot of thought to it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> because I was like, you know what? The episode we're recording immediately following this, I uh, I want you to be lathered up for it because I think there's going to be some <laughs> some real like uh, hot fire takes from it. So we won't spoil the future episode that you're going to hear, but but I did want it. This is all all real talk, as they say. So um, this one, I thought uh, let's let's talk about this record, one that I'm pretty sure you have some very positive feelings about or at least some feelings about uh, before we get into the next record, which I am so fascinated to hear what you think. <laughs> yeah. Well, now I'm fascinated too. Um, more fascinated than I already was, but yeah. So this, this week we're going to talk about a record by the band called felt mm. um, F E L T. The record is forever breathes the lonely word. Yes. Um, this is one that, yeah, I brought up because we got a lot of feedback. I think I mentioned a few weeks back, but we got a lot of feedback from a few people about how they wanted to hear us talk about not like classic records in the cultural sense, yes, but classic records for us personally. Mm. Um, so I thought immediately of this record because it's one that I go back to back to all the time. Um, okay. Felt were a band from 1979 to 1989. They released 10 albums. And 10 and, singles. Yeah. And uh, today we're covering their sixth album, which is from 1986. Um, 
I just think it's a great record. There's a lot here. Um, I, I could go on and on, but you know, obviously we have the episode to go, so you'll hear me yeah, talk we, about it. But we will. We will go on and on. Yeah, but uh, this one I, I heard through my friend Anthony, who I was in a band with him uh, in like the late aughts. Yeah. And um, he played this band for me a lot, and I really, really got into them. And they have, a, as I said, 10 records, so there's a lot to get into. Um, and I still go back to them all the time. So, yeah. Um, but I wanted to ask you, Bob, have, have you heard of felt did you, were, were you familiar with them at all? So I have never heard felt before I dug into this record, but I had heard of them. Um, kind of just one of those name checked, like eighties English indie bands that were of some note, but didn't really fit in. I think, like vaguely thinking about it, were they sort of like name checked by Bell and Sebastian? They were something like that. That's that's probably where I heard of them, but I never dug. Yeah, and um, and I was very happy that I did on this listen because uh, I was. It's very interesting. It's so. It's like, how do I say this? The music on this record for sure isn't weird this band does have some weird music. <laughs> yeah, they do. This record's not weird and we'll get into that. But as a band felt is supremely weird. <laughs> like, supremely like, like, so you noted they have <clears throat> 10, 10 albums and I, I attacked on there. They have 10 singles because the band was, uh, kind of led by Lawrence who went on to do other stuff. Right. Yeah. And Denim. he basically, well, yes, right. Denim, Denim was a big one. That was that was the one, like his '90s band. Yeah. Um, th- he had basically been like, "Oh yes, I always wanted to do ten albums and ten singles, and now I've done that, so the band is done." And I was like, "Wait, <laughs> what? That's weird, man. What? What? Like, okay, I mean, I'm with it, but um, it's always interesting because it's like, okay, like sometimes bands are." this organic living, breathing entity that goes in a direction of the river, whichever way it's going, you know? Mm -hmm. And sometimes they're a slightly complex art project. And a lot of times it's somewhere in the middle. And so I kind of can't decide where this, this band falls and it's kind of awesome. Um, so yeah, I was, this is my first experience with them. I actually, uh, uh, a couple of people hit me up when I, I actually posted that I was listening to them and people were like, Oh yeah, really, you know, I, a couple of big fans and they went through some of the kind of connect the dots on where they would fall. And I'm like, Oh, okay, this makes sense. All right, cool. So, um, so shout out to, to them, Dave, what's up. Um, but yeah, um, I, I had not heard them before. Uh, everyone did tell me though, Pete, this is the record. Is that right? That, I mean, from what I gather, yeah, it seems to be the consensus. Um, and they have maybe two records that are like super different and not ones that I go back to at all really. But the, the vast majority of their catalog is actually great kind of start to finish. So they're, if you, if you like them, there's a lot there for you. Um, and I will say, it seems like everything I read about Lawrence 
the kind of band leader that you mentioned. Yeah. First of all, it's tough to read a lot about him because he doesn't, uh, he's not that public about much. He seems pretty eccentric, kind which, of stays which to makes himself. Me appreciate this even more because, like, we've talked about it, and there was like, like, oftentimes the person who does the band that maybe sort of feels just like an art project kind of thing comes off like a douche. True. And I'm not saying this dude doesn't, but I read so little that he seemed almost unbothered to create a persona around whatever he was doing. It was just like, yeah, here it is. This is what I'm here. I'm doing this now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of cool. <laughs> I got to say. Yeah, there is. I know that there's a documentary coming out on him shortly, which I'm very interested to see. Yes. Um, and I don't remember. I think it was a, I think it was an interview with Jarvis Cocker that he mm-hmm. did on the BBC a few years ago. And all I remember about it was um, Jarvis basically writing about how he showed up and was like, like kind of really shy and not super talkative. And he had a bunch of records with him that he wanted to play, but he had special like plastic gloves on that he would touch the records with. Like wow. he seems like he seems like a super eccentric kind of shut in guy. So yeah, interesting for sure. I'm, I'm excited about that documentary, but all that being said, great musician wrote a ton of good records and I'm excited to talk about this with you. Yeah. And so with that said, um, I don't want to do track by track just yet. Um, Forever breathes a lonely word. Uh, sp- Yo, you know what? I want to. I want to flip it around. We normally do our ratings at the end. Okay. One episode only. I mean, maybe we'll do it in the future. But whatever. <laughs> Let's do our ratings right now, okay. and then talk about it because I think this is an interesting record. Like, spoiler. I really like it. Next spoiler. I don't know if I truly have a cut on the record. I might have one, but not. I overall feel like there's a couple true, true high points. And then the rest is just like overwhelmingly pleasant and nice. But at the same time, I was like, man, where do I get what do I give this record? So I have a rating, but let's talk about yours first and the more holistic view of the record. Yeah, so I I agree with you. There are obviously there are definitely standout hits on this. Um, that being said, it's a thirty-one minute record, I believe. Yep, exactly. So and it's it, breezy. It goes down it so smooth. Breezes by. Yeah, it's very quick. Um, I ended up listening to it twice on the car ride without even really noticing. Yes. Um, but I've, again, this is one I've heard many times. It's really good. Uh, I, I think I'm going to give it a four and I'm going to give it a four because it's super listenable. You can listen to it numerous times over and over. It's, it's, it's really pleasant. It's kind of for, everybody i feel like i don't i mean i i feel like there have to be people out there who won't like it for whatever reason sure definitely just like it might not be your thing but for the vast majority of people it's going to be unoffensive and like totally listenable 
Yes, I totally um, agree with that. Which is not like really a high compliment. That's kind of a diss in a way. No, but, it, there's there's somebody who heard that and was like gave the the squint face because that was like yeah, it's kind of like a backhanded compliment. Yeah, but it's, it's not like it's not really what I want to say um, because no. it is it is it is really unique in its own way. But um, it's uh, I don't know. There's a lot here. I I just feel like every time I listen to it, I hear something different in the in the lyrics or mm-hmm. you know something about some track that may not have hit me before hits me. Um, you can go deep with it if you want to. I think the the reason that it's four stars rather than five is just because there are kind of obvious tracks and then some tracks that, although I like them, I don't think I agree with you in that. I don't think I'm going to cut anything. Right. Um, like there's, there's like, I was listening and I, I, I probably listened to this record seven or eight times yeah. um, to really let it sit in different formats where I was like, okay, I'm doing the headphones. Listen, I'm listening to it in the background while I'm, you know, we, we were playing some board game, like all the different textures of listens. And there was no point where I was like, Oh, this song again, you know? Yeah. But I had to really think about it. I'm giving this record three stars. And I should qualify this. You're giving it four, and it's sat with you for years and years now. I'm giving it three, and it sat with me for a very short amount of time. And I'm giving it the opportunity to go up after this because I really like it. And, and we'll talk about the standout tracks and see if we align there. But it's a really unique sounding record. And if I'm being very honest, it f- feels... felt It feels... <laughs> somewhat unlike um somewhat unlike much else that I can really think of especially when you put into the register the time frame mm-hmm. um and this is kind of where I think we should talk about the sound but but like to me for a an English band that started in 1979 there's some ame- immediate connotation to that right like oh english band from 79 hmm and there's some that immediately come to mind or into that 79 to what would they break up in 89 yeah spectrum and they're not that there's some sonic parallels but i use that term parallel specifically because i don't know what their overlap with some of the like post-punk or new wave world is i just don't think there was much but there is parallel in sound and experimentation. That said, when I listen to Forever Breathes the Lonely Word, I hear a lot of Bob Dylan, mm-hmm. like an awful lot. I think I think that um, Lawrence's vocal styling on this record specifically, he hits these moments where I'm like, this isn't homage, but it, it's winking and nodding at it. Yeah. Um, I hear Velvet. I hear Velvet Underground in the DNA as well, which you know uh, you can see the crossover there for sure. But it feels also very much of its time, especially this record. It feels 1986. Like like when we go through our our format and talk about does it sound of the time? Does it sound timeless? Da, da, da. We'll talk about that more. But like this to me feels very 1986. And that means like I could see someone listening to New Order or Joy Division or The Smiths and felt and being like cool, even though these are different things. You yeah. know what I mean? Like 
spectrum of music felt probably falls halfway between that stuff and say the pogues you know like i'm not <laughs> you know like that's a weird thing to say but like um and and again specifically on this record they use an organ and when i say they use an organ i mean the organ is literally if not the primary instrumentation like the singularly top instrument, it is number one tied with others. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, more pronounced than the vocals. Yes. Yo, that's so odd. And so that's one of the things that makes this record super interesting to me. And then to take those influences and it truly doesn't feel throwback to like a, you know, I actually referenced this not long ago. I was talking about, um, Oh, there was some kind of music video or like a skateboarding ad, I think, and it had a bunch of like teen and, and early twenty somethings in it, and they all vaguely looked like they were trying to do this '90s look. T-shirts were a little big, pants were a little bigger, but there was a couple different things going on, middle hair parts, etc. But it didn't feel totally on. It was like faux 90s and i was triggered because i remembered in the 90s how there was faux 60s and (laughs) pete i know you i know your age i know when you went to high school uh you probably caught at least a little bit of this where there was like the the fish or mo or jam band or late era grateful deadhead who were like full-on i'm a hippie in high school in 1999 yeah. Did you you're right? And like, yo, to be real, when you look at pictures from 1967, that's not the way they dressed, you know? No. <laughs> that's not. No. But so in the 90s, we got to experience like this sort of fake version of like, oh, well, this is what the 60s must have been like, right? No, no, not really. This record doesn't feel faux or cosplay, but it does feel like it pulls these influences into an awareness of a post-punk like frame, but also post seventies. So it's like, and then the instrumentation really takes the sound into its own space. So I don't have any peer comps that I can make to this other than to try to amalgam this out and explain to someone like, yeah, like they're sort of like um, if Bob Dylan and Velvet Underground did a project with a prominent organ in 1986, but also like they were aware of where they were, you know, and what timing <laughs> it was, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, and just to put a finer point on that, like, so they were on a few labels, but Cherry Red Records and Creation Records were two of them. Yep. And when I think of Creation Records, I think of My Bloody Valentine, I think of Ride, I think of um, Oasis. Yep. Um, and felt do not fall anywhere near any of those bands in any real way, um, except for maybe like some sort of vague sixties influence. So maybe you like yeah, the vaguest, right? Yeah. So like, it's interesting too in that respect where uh, you know they're on these labels or felt were on these labels that are pretty renowned for like a specific kind of sound in a way, mm-hmm. and they definitely don't fall into that sound. Um, and the only other band that I would add to your kind of mix is television. I think that oh, there's like yes. a huge television thing going on. And I think that, I think Lawrence has actually mentioned them kind of singularly as being his 
primary influence. And you can hear that definitely in the vocals and the guitar too, I think. So, yeah. So, I mean, with that said, I, um, I, yeah, I want to do track by track. I think this band was super fascinating, super interesting. If you've never heard them before, uh, pause the podcast, then jump in the pool with us because uh, the water is a like, what's the perfect pool temperature? Oh, geez. Uh, you want it to be cool enough. You want to feel 65? Yeah, 65, 70. Right. As long as it's warmer. What's, what's too warm? Too warm is over. Um, 75 is too warm. Okay. Like, okay. So both of us were at the beach today. Spoiler alert. Different parts of it. <laughs> um, the water today was mid 70s. It's pretty warm. Okay. Pretty warm. Like I got See, in and didn't feel refreshed. Fair enough. I'll take that. I I like the temperature like of the water okay. today. So maybe I maybe I can deal with a little warmer water than you. Okay. Well, so everybody, uh, jump in on this record and um, forever breathe the lonely word. Pause, and now you unpause and join us for the track. What's your track? So, uh, um, unless you have any other big thoughts on it, because okay, I have I have one big question for you before we get into the track by track. Okay. Is this a is this the record you would tell people to start with for this band for Felt? Yes. Okay. I think I think that makes sense. I dabbled, dipped in to a couple others, but this one is the one that felt the strongest to me. So, I mean, further, yeah. but that being said, like if you like this, there's a lot there. Like I said, I mean, Splendor of Fear is great. Um, a little darker, a little gothier, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's all it's all worth your time, except for like one or two of them. But if you go that deep, you are probably going to be interested in those records regardless. So yeah, here we go. Sure. All right, let's do it. Uh, Rain of Crystal Spires. This is a hell of an opening track. Um, yeah. The organ is front and center right off the, right from the beginning. Um, it has this kind of driving drum roll beat. There's this really good energy to it. I think the Lou Reed and like television yep. feels are kind of immediately obvious. Um, but then there's also these big choruses, you know, the sun won't shine on me. Um, and there's like a big guitar break. It's it's a really, really, really good song. I think it's like one of the hits of the record for sure. Absolutely. Uh, this is a like off to the races first track. Um, yeah. The 
big take from me on first listen. I was like, oh, this is a little bit jangly, but in this strange parallel universe way. I was like, this is cool. Like immediately, immediately when you listen to this, you're like, oh, like you mentioned it before. You couldn't see someone being offended. I can't either. Unless you just, unless you only strictly listen to aggressive music. Yeah. You know what I mean? If, if you are not, <laughs> if it's, if you, uh, if you can nap through Maryland death fest bands, um, <laughs> and, and anything below that level, you know, is like too much for, is like too light for you. Well, this may be not, but otherwise like great energy. Um, I think this actually, <sighs> I, I've been thinking about this too. I think there's a lot of people who, love finding new music and it ends up being a way to open the doors to other music, even music they've heard before, but maybe wrote off. I think this band could be a band felt could be a band that opens doors for people who have never really dug the seventies or sixties stuff to get there. And especially on this record, like I think it could open doors when you listen to it and you listen to some of the song structures, like these are, for being a record that both of us acknowledge like breezes right by these are very traditional kind of like almost all of them are three and a half minutes, you know, um, a couple longer, but like, I don't think there's a single song in here. There's one song that cuts right under three minutes. The rest are, you know, right over. Um, these are traditional song structures. You can feel the flow, all that but they still move and that that matters to me when I listen to a record. So, yeah, Rain of Crystal Spires clearly a great song. Yeah, it's great. Um I think that it's so like jangle pop, I think you could definitely put them in the jangle pop category. Yes. But there's something I don't want to limit it to them, them Yeah, uh, though, I mean right? there's, you know? there's some there's something different about it because it's I don't know, when I think jangle pop, I don't think music as as kind of tight and composed as this. And it's this is like 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 the drums are kind of this galloping like mm -hmm. drum roll beat for the most yep. part, and it's it's really it has this energy that like jangle pop to me typically kind of doesn't jangle pop to me feels like like part of its charm is that it feels like it could fall apart at any point, yep. and that's like not something that this band has going on at all. So no, this band you you said it well. I like the way you put it. It's like well formed. I also think it feels more robust. Part of that is that the drums are super dynamic. I think when he picks it up, I like it a lot more. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm if I'm being honest, there's times when he's drumming on the faster side of things, and it feels like it could be like this proto punk or almost like almost like ska beat, you know, because it picks up to a certain point that it's like, oh okay. The organ adds so much, much. So when I say it's robust, there's a lot to listen to. And again, jangly pop, jangle pop can often feel sparse to mm -hmm. me. So, and like you said, feels like it's falling apart. It can feel, it feels like loose threads, whereas this is a rope. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next track, song two, down but not yet out. You go in. Um, I think it's. Even more than Rain of Crystal Spires, this this track felt like kind of glowing and almost warm. 
Um, I love the chorus. I think vocally, you're starting to get a lot of that Dylan-y parts. So it's yeah. almost, it's like... <laughs> I made that note too. Yeah, you you don't... It's, Let me it's, tell you something. Right. Yes, correct. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, he's just like, he's teasing you with the nasaliness, but he never goes full Dylan with the nasal. Um, and, and like, so much of this record, but this song is a great example. So much of the catchiness comes from the vocal part because the music is also pretty catchy, but it's mostly just like this really nice, well-formed vehicle that at times is subtle until you start picking it apart. Like this is something you could put it in on in any office around the world and nobody's going to be mad at it. I don't think, but yeah. you're also going to have people who just, just bop through it. Like, I wonder. I think you get one or two people. Are, hey, what's this? You know, because it's that level of of catchy when the vocals catch your ear. And on this song, I think the vocals really catch your ear. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I I think that one of the things I meant to mention before too that comes to mind after what you just said is um, kind of felt being a band that can get you into seventies or sixties music that you might yeah. not have discovered. Like I remember, this is you know, almost 20 years ago now, but right. in college when people were going back to the sixties and listening to Bob Dylan and stuff. And I had a, a few acquaintances that said, you know, the harmonica was just kind of jarring for them. It wasn't something they were used to hearing and they didn't really like that part of it. And like, especially early Dylan is pretty big on the harmonica. Oh yeah. I do. I do. I do feel like the organ is so up front and center that it might be jarring for people because it's just something that you're not really used to hearing. I mean, how many how many records do you, you own? Say? Slash, like, how many records do you own or love that have an organ as a primary part of them? Yeah, not many. Not many, man. Like, yeah, even in a lot of the like '60s stuff that I like, where they toy around with an organ, it's accoutrement. It's not. Right. It's not part. Of, this is a steak. This is like the big hunk of organ on the plate. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So it takes some audio uh, kind of like getting used to because you're like there's there's at times on this record. I think you noted the guitar part on uh, Rain of Crystal Spires. I agree. There's a couple parts I really liked, but there's parts of this record where the guitar feels washed. Like I'm like, yeah. wait, I'm I'm not there. And then later on, there's a couple tracks where the guitar really shines, and I was like, oh, interesting. Hmm. But the organ is front and center. Like it's, it's the driving force of most of the songs. Yeah. And just actually a note to Martin Duffy, who was the uh, organist. Yeah. Um, he joined in 1985 and he was with the band until they finished out in 1989, but he's actually on the cover. It's not, it's Martin Duffy. It's not Lawrence. That's on the cover of the album, which is cool. And we'll talk about it, but I think the cover is very striking and, and a cool looking cover. So for sure. Um, so yeah, that's, it's a really good song. It's not, it's not my favorite, but there's nothing about the song. Like the song just kind of like it, it doesn't lit down from what I consider to be a very strong opener. For sure. Yeah. And my last note is that you said it's not your favorite. This is actually one of my two favorites. Ooh, okay. Very it's good. Like, I go back and forth, but the, there's a drum break with, with the, where the hi-hat kind of kicks it back in. I fucking, I love it. So mm. yeah, there's a lot of kind of little, uh, 
parts of this song that I really like. Interesting. I mean, yeah, that's. I also have to speak to it. There's a lot going on when you listen. I said this is subtle. I often use the term subtle to describe when I think something's understated, but there there might be something more going on. Like the difference between subtle and simple is so great because when you listen to this, you immediately know this isn't just this isn't three chord rock. You know what I mean? This isn't just like, oh, we're just simple music. There's there's some simplicity in the structure, but they have a lot of stuff going on that makes it very interesting to listen to. Yeah. For sure. Okay. September Lady. Um, I like the song. I said this is one of the catchiest choruses on the record. I could see that. Yeah. yeah. The Oz. Yeah. Yeah, it's very nice. I mean, this one's... I, I think this is the the significant thing about this one is that it's the first track uh, on the record, the third track, mm-hmm. that the organ is a little less pronounced. Yep. They kind of tune it back a little bit because on the first two it's so pronounced um it's also interesting because it starts a lot slower and -hmm. you think it's going to be kind of this kind of break from the high energy of the first two songs yep and it just speeds right back up within a few seconds of the song starting so it's (laughs) it's cool in that way i think tempo wise this record's kind of start to finish a really fun exercise because i think towards the end it slows down a little bit yeah but there's a pretty driving beat essentially through the whole thing. Like, No, it's, it's pretty a, high energy. Right? For a record that I'm describing with all these words that I'm like, oh, it's pleasant. Anyone could like it. We're, it's not, you know, it's kind of like we've, we've used the terms indie pop or jangle pop and da, 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 and the bands we're comparing to it. But it's like, no, this is this pretty high energy groove record, like groove and record from 1986, you know? Um, Yo, hearkening back to an episode a few weeks ago, mm. good driving music. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think this would be... This is... Okay. All right. I want you... While I'm I'm formulating how I'm going to say this, I want you to think of it too. What is the driving scenario for this that this record fits perfectly? I think mine would be commuter... Friday afternoon, summertime, your commute is between 30 and 45 <laughs> minutes. And this is the record you put on. You put this on so it's uh, either just leaving work and heading out or when you know you're going to be able to listen to this whole thing to the end to before when you get home. Because I think this is just like this real good energy, feel good. It's not... Tone totally not all there, but I just think this is a good like oh weekend's coming palate cleanser. I was gonna say exactly the same thing, just in terms of leaving work. Like you put it on, you leave work, you're feeling good. Yeah, you got good energy. You're going yeah. home, wherever you're going, happy hour. I don't yeah, know. you're down, but not yet out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, was- for sure. All right, um, my favorite song. Gray streets. Just go around to see my 
This song, uh, to me, best song on the record. Really fun melody. Um, is this the fastest song on the record? I can't tell. There's just a lot of fast songs. Like, but but what catches me, and you'll hear me say this on other episodes. So follow along, long time listeners. The word, the the syllabic play that he does, the kind of cascading vocal patterns are really cool on this track. I just think it's standout. And um, that is something I'm so curious to see as I kind of explore some more of their discography to see if that's consistent or if it's sort of singular. Because there's certain bands where you catch that and it's like, you know, lightning in a bottle. You catch it in one record. It's like, oh my God, this is this really fun vocal pattern. And then they're never able to totally replicate it. But Mm -hmm. this song I think is the best on the whole record. So yeah, I'm with you because this is one of my like one of the two or three that I I really truly love on this record too. Um, yeah, it's I don't know if it's the fastest, but the the beat is so interesting. It's like kind of this like sped up samba beat or something yeah, that makes right? it feel faster than it is. Um, yeah, it's I mean it's great. It, this is like another one. The organ kicks into high gear again, but it's super catchy. And I'm I'm with you where like oh. his lyrics are. His lyrics are super deep, mm-hmm. and I, I really every time I listen to it, I feel like I'm picking up on new things. And his like inflections are so subtle, mm-hmm. um, like even the the "Let Me Tell You Something" on "Down But Not Yet Out," it felt like really deadly serious to me on this listen for some reason. Like he really like had something important to say. Yes. Whereas in the past, I felt like he was just doing Dylan. I don't know. It's it's interesting depending on the context that you listen to it in. But, but um, yeah, that, that's something he's good with throughout, by the way. Um, it's not lightning in a bottle. They kind of, they're, they're really a, a consistent band. Yeah, this one, the I was attracted to you because the forces were so blind and you mm-hmm. were attracted to me because my sm- face smiled down from a wall and you said I looked kind. Great. It's great. It's really cool. Um, these lyrics are awesome. Um I was going to say, you mentioned the organ kicking back in on this song. Totally right. I didn't think about that till you mentioned September Lady being more, the organ was a little less up front. You're totally right there. And when it kicks back in Gray Streets, it just really works, which I think is an interesting tool and a note that this was like a super well thought out album. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not, that stuff doesn't happen accidentally. That's That's something where it's like, Oh yeah, we're gonna do this song, and then the organ will come back in hard, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's awesome. Um, All the people I like are those that are dead. <laughs> um, I love this song. I mean, I I'm yeah. gonna sound repetitive because I love all the songs on this record, really. But um, this is this is another that's kind of in the top echelon of songs yeah. on this record for me. And I I mean I guess. It sounds similar to the vibe of the record, so I'm not going to go into kind of the mechanics of it, but I really like 
how dark the lyrics are on this one, but how bright the music is. I just think the juxtaposition on it is is awesome and not something that is as prevalent in the other songs on the record. Yeah, I strongly agree. Um, this sort of feels... Is it safe to say this is the sleepiest song on the record? Which is to say, see, you know what I mean? It's just I, a, I can see that. Yeah, I I feel like there's still like a hook there. Oh yeah. But, oh, but I think yeah. there's I think there's a vocal hook for sure, and it's catchy, but it it's just. Oh, and that's a good question. Is this the first song on the B side? It might be. I would bet it is. I believe um, it is. And yeah, I I think it's a very strong track. Not my favorite, but I really like it. Like that was my notes was that sleepiest song on the record. I like it. And again, I think that tempo play comes into effect because mostly this is up tempo and this song still is, but it's a step down from gray street. Yeah, I could see that. Okay. And yeah, this, this is the uh, first song on the B side. Yeah. Lyrically, there's a lot of stuff I would compare. Um, Maybe not to what he was doing with Wire, but some of the Colin Newman solo material. I can see some of these like weird kind of parallels. Um, however, certainly Lawrence is a lot catchier. And <laughs> it's just these like weird kind of angular, a lot of time first person writing that you don't always get. And uh, I think that's one thing that you get especially on this track it's kind of interesting yeah all right uh gather up your wings and fly so this might be in my opinion the weakest song on the record um it feels like a lesser version of gray streets which is such a strong song Um, i'm so glad i had the exact i said tempo is right there very comparable to gray street but not as good well, it's almost a similar tempo yep. is the thing. Like it, it, it actually sounds like they were trying to do a similar thing, but just didn't, it didn't hit. Um, I really like the organ solo, but that's like the only thing that really stands out to me about this track. So if I, if I were to cut anything, it would be this, but like even that again, it's like, it's not offensive and it breezes by. So it's not like, it's not something I'm thinking about, but it's, it's just, it's not a standout. Agree. This one kind of fades into the background, and where it falls in the record, I'm like, "Oh, is it going to start? Is the record tipping off?" I did think that some of the guitars shined a little bit more here too. I thought the guitar okay. work on this song and the next were stronger, which made me go, "Oh, okay." The organ work I'm not enjoying as much here, but the guitars are pulling up a little more. So, um, yeah, I'm not cutting it, but this is about as close as it gets. This song and the next are the ones where I'm like. Eh, yeah. Um, a wave crashed on rocks.
Yeah, so this one's a little slower than the rest of the record. Um, there's less organ again. They pull it back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I, I definitely like it, um, but I don't love it. Whereas, you know, like we mentioned, the, the hits on this record hit super hard. Yep. And I think that this suffers only because it just doesn't hit that hard. So it's still a good song. It's 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 a little slowed down, which which I think the energy of the record fades a little bit on this. But exactly, but right. it's, it's it's still very good. To me, I, I I'm we're we're on the same wavelength with this record. Um, I said it was pleasant and drifty. Uh, the guitar plays a nice role, and I actually think the vocals. Despite the fact that I think his vocals overall are really strong, they show some dynamics here that they don't really showcase elsewhere. So I thought that was kind of interesting. It made me curious again to hear more material and later material because I was like, oh, okay. Like he's doing something a little bit different on this track than he does elsewhere. So yeah. No, a that's a good song, note. You know? Um, yeah. And God, this is like a tracks podcast. Like, celebration track eight <laughs> last song of the record <laughs> hours of darkness have changed my mind uh very bob dylan here it's good yeah. not my yeah. favorite song maybe the only song on the record that drags just a little bit to me and okay the, maybe you could cut a little bit off of this one and i mean you know here's the thing let me read the the run times. 354, 337, 344, 346, 510, 354, 254, and this song 446. Not yeah. bad. Not bad, not, guys. Not bad at all. But but that 446 you feel it on this one. I'm I'm with you. Yeah, right. It's just um the energy you know and we talk a lot about switching order and i don't know that i would switch any of the order on this record i don't have anything in my mind that i would change because i actually overall end of the day i like the flow (laughs) i Um, think it's great yeah but i wonder if there was a song in between six seven and eight one of those tracks that had just enough of something to pull you up a little more um because it feels like you pass track five and it's just a little the the overall energy goes into reserve if that makes sense yeah i'm with you on that do you think that this would all right this is extreme do Do you think this would benefit from being an ep rather than an lp like like if they cut if they cut it to four songs and had like you know two songs on each side 12 inch fuck no yeah um, i don't really either no because I, it would leave me wanting with this sound mhm and i think it's fully formed here and i think even these like us giving demerits to the la- latter half of this record even with that said, we're pretty high on it. Like, I, I think this is a record I would recommend people check. Um, you know, as, since the start of this podcast, there's been a handful that have really, really been like, whoa, this is revelatory. This is right there. Um, I think this is a really cool record. Uh, something different. And if it was just the four best songs on the record, 
which maybe that's is it rain of crystal spires down but not yet out september lady in gray streets or flop uh, all the people i like that are those that are dead in here i don't know but i i mean if you just take the four top songs off this record it's great you're like this is really good but I think it's fully formed and you see what they were doing when you get to the end of the record. I think you also see like you see some of the guitar work. I think that dynamics in the vocals, you see more too. So with that, an EP would have left me kind of like, mm, cool, want to hear an LP. And here it is. It's like, oh, here's the LP. Damn, that's really good. Let me hear their other records. <laughs> I'm glad you said that because I feel the same. Good. I think that's a great question, though, like because a lot of times we talk about this and we'll, we will cut records into EPs frequently. So um, this isn't one of them. We've already given our ratings, but I still like to do the breakdown. Um, length. Is the record too long? Does it drag? No. Yeah. There are moments there are moments towards the end again that like aren't as strong as the, the A side, I guess. But um Yo, like as a record, it doesn't drag even in the slightest. Like, like yeah. we were saying, in song, when you're like listening to it in, in, in the like uh, uh, operating room style that we do, yeah, maybe a little bit here and there in in per song, but the songs move by really well. Like, just as much as any record we've done, this record is not too long. Album flow. Now, this is where I really wanted to get. Does it feel disjointed or slapped together at all? No, I think it's perfect. It feels really thought out to me. No. Very thought out. It is thoughtful. It feels like... It feels that almost in all cases, each song is um, is considerate of the next, if that makes sense which is just about all you can ask for in an album flow. Yep. Quality of the songs and lyrics, memorable songs. Do they stand up against their contemporaries? Yeah, I think both. 100%. Yeah. And they're, I mean, they stand up against their contemporaries because they're doing something completely unique. Very singular. Very singular. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, now, this is one I'm very excited about. Let's hold it. We'll skip to the next. Presentation artwork etc does it fit the music is it memorable was it influential i don't know if i'd say it's influential i think it fits perfectly i think it's awesome and it feels uh, very memorable in a understated way yeah i think it's a really striking image of martin duffy martin duffy's face um (laughs) and it's just it's 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 strange because I actually didn't know that until I uh, did my homework for this episode mm-hmm. where I always just kind of assumed that that was Lawrence because he's kind of the, the band leader. He's the dude, right? But uh, as it turns out, I was wrong. No, and I just so, think it's a, I think it's a really cool looking record. Um, the back cover is really cool because it's the other side of his face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I just think it's a really well put together record it feels very unique while also feeling timeless. Like, you know, like now, well, the art, eh, I shouldn't say timeless. I'd say it feels very of the time art wise, but I Mm -hmm. really like it. 
That said, let's go to the last category, which I moved around this time. Timelessness. Does this record strictly exist in a time and place? Or does its influence and impact spread much further? I think that its influence spreads. I think that it's definitely a record that, um, you know, we were talking about crate diggers the other week Mm -hmm. in regards to U2. (laughs) Yes, which is funny. Um, you yeah. said you had to earn it. That it's not. It's crate bigger in the. You got to go to the thrift store and buy this record. This is, there's one million yeah. copies printed. So true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Good but, point. But, Thank yeah. you for checking that. Yeah, but but I I just mean like I think that this is a record that people will be finding um, for years to come, and there's there, it's it's an exciting record. There's a lot here. That being said, I don't know. It 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 definitely does in a lot of ways exist in a time and place strictly. Mm. And I don't know if that influence is going to carry on for a very long time. It may have already passed. Um, but that being said, it doesn't sound like, how do I say this? Anyone familiar with music of the eighties is going to be fine with it. Anyone familiar with music of the nineties is going to be fine with it. Right. But I, mm-hmm. I think if you're if you're strictly kind of familiar with contemporary music, you're it's gonna sound really dated. Yeah. Um, I think it very much exists in a time and place. Influence, impact, I, I you know, doing the homework, yeah. This is certainly they've had some influence, but I think it's closer to the feelies than a lot of things that we've talked about in as much as the people who know it really like it. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 you know, please don't let me uh, downgrade Felt. Felt was a much larger act than the Feelies. But... Um, no, but they're really similar in that way, I think. Yeah, where, you know where, what I mean? Where it is like, like, there are people who live and die by these records, but... M- the vast majority of people don't know don't know, know who they, they are. are. Even even people who are who are crate diggers in the sense of, you know, people who are always seeking out music. So I think this is one that deserves the time and attention. I think it's a really really great record. I give it a three with the opportunity to go higher because I, I think it's a record that will enter rotation for me, which is a strong thing to say. So nice. Um, I will be adding it to my personal collection. Pete, do you own this record? I do. Is it an original copy? Uh, it is not. I got the repress. Okay. Okay. Because I was looking at Discogs. Not not a cheap original copy. No. A couple, if you're if you're willing to deal with some overseas shipping, you can get it for about 130 bucks. Yeah, see, I, I'm a weird record, record collector in that way. I don't care all that much about originals i just i want the thing on vinyl and the all the represses i i I forget what label did it. oh it's it's i i think cherry red rough trade cherry cherry red there's a bunch of cherry cherry red did a whole thing in 2018 i'm looking at now like where they they did all of the full lengths um and they did a really really great job they're they're beautiful um pristine looking records the the they sound great they're super kind of quiet there's no static or anything it's highly recommended and they when they when they came out they were like 35 bucks and now you can get them for like 20 bucks so get on that 
Pete, I, you are the best kind of record collector because you actually really listen to the record. So shout out. Um, I love it, dude. Yeah. Yo, so I think this record's great. Uh, I recommend everybody check it out. Um, thank you for introducing me to it, Pat, Pete. Yeah, man. With it. Um, do we want to tease next week or? Let's tease it. Go. You want to tease it? You tease it. Um, grunge 90s. The band that we said in the Alice in Chains episode did not get their flowers. But we'll find out if they deserve their flowers next week. See you then.